As an expectant parent, I find that I am constantly dealing with a barrage of new experiences. Most of them take a little figuring out, but I quickly adapt and move on, stronger than I was before. Everything from learning the various functions of baby oil versus baby powder versus butt paste to learning how to adjust my income tax withholding to reflect my beautiful little deduction once she arrives. Each obstacle is a new skill or situation I can learn how to deal with. I almost feel like Mega Man, defeating robot masters one by one, adding their weapons to my arsenal in preparation for the ultimate showdown with Dr. Wiley, which I suppose means my baby girl is an 8-bit evil roboticist. Maybe I need a new analogy. Anyway. One new thing that the upcoming arrival of our daughter has brought into our lives? Stuff. Lots and lots of stuff. Over the past several months, our apartment has become a magnet for all sorts of baby-related material objects, both big and small. So far, there is a baby monitor, a breast pump, pacifiers, bottles, a changing pad, swaddling blankets, hoodie towels, and a full first year's worth of baby clothes. We have a crib, a bouncer, a vibrating lounger, and a compact swing that isn't really that compact. There's a boppy lounger, which is basically just a soft round pillow with a baby-sized indentation in the middle, another boppy just for feeding, and a baby bathtub. Plus, of course, a stroller, a car seat, and diapers. Cases and cases of diapers. And while we are incredibly grateful for the overwhelming generosity of family and friends who have sent us all these helpful things, there is still a tiny part of me that can't help but wonder, how many of these things are truly needs, and how many are just nice-to-haves? Is all this stuff really going to make us better parents to our newborn daughter? To understand why I hesitated to dive headfirst into the exponential consumerism that seems to accompany modern parenthood, I should first tell you that just a few short years ago, I went through a little bit of a transformation. Inspired by a couple of weird, ascetic guys who cast off the trappings of the modern world and vowed to only own carefully chosen things that added value to their lives, I drank the same Kool-Aid. I became a minimalist. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Welcome to episode one. If you don't know who these guys are, they're a pair of former telecom managers and salespeople who now spend their days promoting the idea of clearing out the unnecessary things in our lives that don't bring us value. Clothes, knickknacks, and whatnot. But it also applies to toxic personal relationships, time-wasting activities, and other intangibles. They call themselves the minimalists. I know, very on the nose. I found a lot of value in what these guys and other YouTubers, writers, and podcasters in the same niche had to say. Pretty soon, I either sold or gave away about 60% of everything I owned. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't exactly a hoarder beforehand. I always kept a fairly tidy apartment and made a habit of doing a clothing donation purge about once every year or two. But this time, I got rid of lots of other things. Most of my board game collection, old video games I had owned since childhood, stacks of books that I had not yet read, and if I was honest with myself, I was never going to. I even gave away my dining room table. I lived alone, I never used it, and I honestly just appreciated the extra space more. 
For the next couple of years, I tried to think very hard about every purchase, weighing not just whether it would be useful right now, but whether it would continue to add value to my life for a long time after. The things I did buy were carefully considered and deemed worthy. A big comfy couch, my first iPad, which I still use daily three years later, five of the same black t-shirts so I could wear the same uniform every day to avoid decision fatigue, you know, like I'm some kind of bargain bin Mark Zuckerberg. I own next to nothing in the way of decorative baubles. The few things I bought were beautiful and special to me because I used them. To me, their function was their form. When Vidi moved in with me, she did not have a lot of possessions either, so our apartment remained pretty sparse, or minimalist if you were to ask me. Because she had always lived with her family previously, she never really had a lot of space of her own, so she didn't have a lot of things. However, once we took the next step in our relationship and moved in together, one by one, things started to slowly creep into our apartment. A painting here, a houseplant there, even a dining room table. While I honestly did not mind, and even appreciated having a woman's touch to make the place feel less like a bachelor pad and more like a home, I did notice. And my instinct each time was always to quietly ask myself, is this something we need? What purpose does a faux plant serve? What function does it have that brings us value? Is it just taking up space? Then we found out we are having our daughter. For several months after, our apartment began to fill up exponentially quicker. We got a large new dresser, a crib, tons of baby equipment. With each new Amazon box that arrived, I began to feel a slight tinge of anxiety about all this stuff. Do we really need two different kinds of boppies? Is the baby really going to be able to tell the difference between her bouncer, her swing, and her vibrating lounger? Jeez, this baby already has twice as many clothes as I have ever owned at any point in my life, and she isn't even born yet. A beautiful, empty corner of our dining room was now stacked with cases of diapers. What was previously an empty closet was now packed with gear for our impending parenthood. The stuff monster was growing. One day recently, Biddy stood up and started feverishly cleaning and organizing. This has happened a few times during the pregnancy. Apparently this is pretty common during the later stages, and it is called nesting. She seemed to be getting a bit exasperated. Being the supportive partner I am, I jumped in and asked what I could do to help. Then, her eyes got big, her head bobbed in frustration, and she hit me with a bombshell. You have too much stuff! You need to get rid of something! Excuse me? Baking powder? I have too much stuff? I thought. But I'm a minimalist. I gave away so many of my things. I never buy clothes or random decorative stuff. Most of these baby items taking up space are things you wanted to register for. I didn't say any of this out loud, of course. That would have just started a fight. Instead, I stopped, I took a deep breath, composed my thoughts, and I took a good look around our home. And you know what? She was right. Many of the large, space-consuming objects in the apartment, whether they were things I owned before we moved in together or the few things I purchased since, were things that she didn't use at all. My computer and the desk it sits on, my bicycle, my guitars and my amplifiers, 
She didn't use any of these things. And yet they all took up sizable chunks of space in her home. And when I looked at the things that she either previously owned or had purchased since, you know, wall decor, house plants, things for the baby, they are almost all things that we both get value from. I knew what I had to do. I started looking for ways I could decrease the share of space my stuff took up. I put some old video games and board games I hadn't used in years up on eBay. I bought a weatherproof cover for my bike so I could store it on our patio instead of in our living room. I got rid of some of my old stuff in our closet so that I could place the guitars I wasn't using every day onto a high shelf where they wouldn't be able to take up usable space down below. And these little actions, they helped a lot. I never intended to be selfish with our space, but that's how it came across. And I never want my daughter's mom to see me as selfish. We are a team, no matter what. And being part of a team means seeing things from your partner's perspective and making some sacrifices so that we feel like equal partners in our home, in the life we are building together, and in our greatest mission, raising the best daughter we can. Hey, sweetheart. It's Dad. It is now several days past your due date, and we could not be more excited to meet you. When our friends and family ask when you're going to arrive, I just tell them my daughter is a wizard. She's not late. She will arrive precisely when she means to. You don't get that joke yet. When you're old enough, Dad will introduce you to his favorite movies. Your mom is working so hard to get our home 100% ready for your arrival. Don't get me wrong. I'm working hard to get ready for you too, just in other ways. Mom is the one who has made sure all your aunts, uncles, grandparents, and friends who are so excited to meet you know exactly what you will need to feel comfortable, clean, warm, and safe. She's neatly folded all your clothes, packed your dresser with your new belongings, and decorated your crib. This place is now just as much yours as it is ours, thanks to her. Last time we talked, I told you that you were changing your dad before you've even said hello to the world. It's true. One thing you are teaching me is that it is okay to re-examine how we do things based on how they impact people we love. Sometimes, the rules and principles we set for ourselves work great for the stage of life we are in. But sometimes, we outgrow them. Or, we need to alter them to accommodate people who are important to us. And sometimes, we find that we aren't even living up to our own expectations as well as we thought we were. I want to help you grow up to be firm in your beliefs, but also open-minded and considerate of others who may be affected by them. Compromising does not mean you lost. It means you gave up some of what you wanted so that you and the people you care about could be happier and more successful together. And that is better for everyone, including you. I love you, sweetheart. Your mom and I really hope we get to meet you this week. Get some rest, because you have a very big day coming up. Love, Dad.
hosted by me, David Dodson, here in Dallas, Texas. Get equipped with new episodes of the show each week by clicking subscribe in your podcast app. Special thanks this week goes to our amazing friends and family who have been so kind and generous to send us all this awesome baby gear. Your thoughtful gifts have saved us precious time, money, and stress. Seriously, we are truly grateful. If you're interested in sponsoring Love Dad, you can email me at david at lovedadshow.com. If you love the show so far and you want to support future episodes with a contribution, you can also do so at lovedadshow.com slash donate. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I will see you next time. Hopefully, 